Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is episode 113 of Beyond Synth. And another exciting episode in our Beyond Synth Summer Series. It doesn't really mean anything, I just like to say it. it makes it sound special. It's the Summer Series, and on the show today is AD Hawk. He's been around for a while, and he makes cool music, and we're going to talk to him in just a bit, and we'll do all the things that you want to do, man. And before you guys get carried away, I made a mistake during the interview. So when I was talking to Kieran, I said that I only ever had one other Irish guest, and it was Hauer. But I was wrong, because Fempop is Irish. For some reason, in my brain, I remembered Fempop as Scottish? I think it's because she has red hair. I don't even think that's a thing, but it is in my head. <laughs> And so I only mentioned Howard, but I was mistaken. So if any idiot tries to correct me later on, uh, just know that I know that Fempop is also Irish. All right? I feel like every episode now I'm, like, making sure I have some correction there so people can't beat me to the punch. And yes, Howard is also Irish, all right? So I've had several Irish people on the show, and today I'm going to have another one. And his name is Kieran, and he is AD Hawk. Anyways, what else are we going to do today? Um, we're going to keep it 80s with Marco Merrick. Maybe we'll read some junk mail, do the Patreon. We'll do all that stuff. And uh, it's going to be a good time. And don't remember. And don't... What? Whoa, that's a new one. <laughs> I was about to tell you to remember something, and I just said, and don't remember. Maybe I was trying to say don't forget, and I fucked it up. Don't remember to get shirts from Piccolo Joe. PiccoloJoe.com. If you don't want a shirt, don't remember to go to PiccoloJoe.com for some cool shirts and stuff. So go check out PiccoloJoe.com. And also don't forget to check out DownToJam.com, which is a free website for musicians to social network with each other. So if you're looking for a partner to jam with or to fill a spot in your band... Go check out downtojam.com, D-O-W-N-T-O-J-A-M.com. And uh, I think we should listen to some music. So here's a track by Super 8 Cynics. Uh, this track is called Growing Up.
And that was Growing Up by Super 8 Cynics. And you're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Are you guys enjoying the summer series? <laughs> you should be. It's the best. How about this? Let's uh, let's read some uh, junk email. Here we go. Alright, here's a junk email I got. Well, there's no way this one can even be fake, so I don't even... uh, Anyway, it's called Assigned by the President Donald Trump Overdue Fund Released Today. (laughs) I am Mike Pence, and I am writing to inform you about your bank check draft brought back by the United Embassy from the government of Benin Republic in the White House, Washington, D.C., been mandated to deliver to your home address once you reconfirm it with the one we have here with us to avoid wrong delivery of your check draft. 18 million United States dollars that was assigned to be delivered to your humble home address by Honorable President Donald Trump, the president of this great country this week, by a delivery agent, Mr. Rojas Jesus. Also, reconfirm your details for the check delivery by filling the form below and send it immediately to our email, MikePence11 at Hotmail.com. <laughs> That's how cheap they are at the White House. They didn't give them a new email address. For more information about the origin of your fund, you can text me here. And he gives his phone number. Accept my hearty congratulation again. Yours sincerely, Mr. Mike Pence, Vice President USA. (laughs) All right. Anyone who gets fooled by that email deserves everything that happens to them in their life. If there is a single person who thinks that Donald Trump is going to fucking deliver you a check for 18 million United States dollars. <laughs> oh, that is so fucking dumb. All right, let's go and listen to another track. This is Love Beat by Video Video.
And that was Video Video with the track Love Beat. That's a fun one. Let's uh, go to the mailbag. All right, this is a message I got from some dude called Henry Huddleston. And he says, dude, I recently discovered your show and it fucking rocks. Fucking rocks is in capital letters. I'm in the process of going back in time and starting from season one and working my way back on all your shows. I'm a lover of the scene and have dibble dabbled on FL Studios making random stuff. And the content of this show is exactly what I need to hear from someone new in the game. I've never heard the phrase dibble dabbled before. I've heard dabbled. You're random, hilarious, and very authentic. I appreciate all you do and helping my work days fly by as I enjoy the content. Never stop! Capital letters. Okay, enough mushy talk and gassing you up. LOL. I originally wanted to send this message and ask if you have ever heard of the artist Dinner. I apologize if you have and have talked about him on one of your shows already. Maybe I haven't made it there yet. But his tracks aren't all completely 80s, but a majority are. The main thing that makes him unique, in my opinion, are the big, big vocals. His voice is like none other. I almost thought he was a joke and making fun of previous artists who sang this way. But after listening to more, I began to realize how good it was. If you haven't heard him, I recommend listening to Cool as Ice or Wake Up to get a good feel of what he's about. Hope you enjoy Henry H. Well, thanks, Henry, for checking out the show, and I'm glad you're enjoying it um i have checked out dinner and he's a weird dude (laughs) you actually everyone should actually go to the youtube video of dinner he is literally like and i think someone even commented on this it was like the top youtube comment there's this one video where he's just staring into the camera and he's got like lipstick on he looks like james dean and peewee herman together i know that might not make sense but the second you see this guy he is literally James Dean and Pee Wee Herman morphed into one person. And he has this super deep voice, uh, and it's very interesting. <laughs> like, he's one of those people you just have to watch. You just look at him and go like, oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I, I did check it out, Henry, and thanks again for listening to the show, and I hope you are enjoying the summer series. Henry Huddleston! Anyways, let's listen to another track. This is Knockout. It's a Sunglasses Kids song featuring Phaserland.
And that was Sunglasses Kid featuring Phaserland with the track Knockout. And that's a cool song. Uh, I dig that one. Well, how about we fucking keep it 80s with Marco Merritt? Marco! And we're keeping it 80s with Marco Merrick. <laughs> I like the way you said that. Hey, everyone. Hey, Andy. How's it going, man? <laughs> I'm good. How's yourself, mate? Ah, myself is great. It's been a long time since we've talked. What have you been up to in the interim? <laughs> Not much. I've been playing a little bit of... Uh, I actually went back and... Um, I had so many good emulators online for old video games. I went back and uh, I-, I had a look through a lot of... Commodore 64 video games. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we had one. I mean, that was a great era, you know. But it's funny because out of all the systems, I went back and played a lot of the games and so many of them are so shit. And I have such good memories of them, you know, that I actually gave up. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to ruin my memories um, of all these video games. Don't get me wrong. There's some good ones. But generally, fuck, man, there was a lot of shit. No, well, I'll get you wrong. Mm-hmm. So I remember there's this game called Druid that had an awesome song. Oh, that was great. Yes, Druid. I love that song. That's right. Uh, Druid, and I love the Ghostbusters game for Commodore. That was good, too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Fuck, I should have gone back and played that And remember, it had that sound sample where if you got hit by the ghost, and it was like, like, it was like really horrible, like, audio quality. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, that was good. You pick your car, and you got to equip. It, and you always got to remember never to cross your streams. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I loved. I loved the end of the game when it was like you had to get into the building, but Stay Puft was in the way. But like Stay Puft was like the size of the door. Like he wasn't even really that <laughs> big, and he sort of moved back and forth. And and then what else? Uh, Spy Hunter. Spy Hunter was good. What about Whizball? Uh, Whizball, I didn't play. No. Oh man, that was like game of the year. That was a great game. <laughs> what year? <laughs> Uh, I think it was 1980... I'm going to take a stab. Uh, 87. I'm going to Google it now. <laughs> I remember... Uh, one, one thing I remember I played... My my brother sent me to the store... Because, I mean, we lived in a small town. So, like, you know, to get video games, we had to go to the nearest big town. Right. I went there and they had, like, this computer place. And that was, you know, back in the day when, when prices of video games weren't regulated, right? So you could go to, like, one store... And video games would be like $10 more just because that's how much they cost there, you know. I remember he sent me to buy a game and they didn't have it. And he said, well, if they don't have this game, then get this game. And I got Golden Axe, but for the Commodore. Oh, that would have been dreadful. Golden Axe on the Commodore was garbage. It was amazing. Oh. I think I think even when you started playing the game, you had to choose between whether or not you wanted music or sound effects. Like that was the choice you had to make. <laughs> Oh, I can't even imagine how bad that must have been, Andy. And the colors were terrible. There was a game, uh, I I remember I talked to Dallas uh, Campbell about this, because he's big in the Commodore. Mm -hmm. There was a game called Law of the West. Mm, Don't remember that one. Now, that game was great. It was basically like a conversation game. The whole game was you're behind uh, a dude who's ready to draw his pistol. I think you're like the sheriff. Mm Mm-hmm. And then a character would walk out on screen and you would, like, talk to them and you would have options of what you wanted to say. So, like, you know, there'd be, like, three or four choices. Yeah. And if the conversation went the wrong way, then the person would, like, draw on you and try and shoot you and then you'd have to shoot them first. (laughs) 
So I remember like cool. you could I think it's possible to go through the whole game and talk to everybody and like you know talk everybody off of shooting and that would be it. Uh-huh. But then, you know, there were some people who were villains who you had to say like the complete correct thing or else they would always shoot you. Yeah. And uh, I remember I liked that game cuz you could also just shoot people whenever you wanted. So like the whole game was always just from this view from behind you, and at any moment you just fucking draw your gun and shoot them, and that'd be the end. Yeah, I really don't remember that one. That sounds cool. No, that was a cool one. Sam Say It I liked was like a speech simulator. Mm. Uh, strip. Yeah, po- I didn't really get into those ones. I didn't. What was that? What uh, were you going to say? I was just going to say strip poker. There's like. A, I thought that's what you're going to say. I was like, hang on, I'm going to hear this. <laughs> what? I don't oh, you that also got to see too, and I found a video of a guy who was playing it online. Was Stroker. The game where you jerk off. It's just a hand and a dink. No, what the hell? And uh, some dude was playing it online, and I commented on his video because he was he was giving some really funny commentary like while he was playing it. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, man, I used to love that. Well, I mean, I didn't love the game. It was funny because I was a kid, and on the screen was a dink, right? So <laughs> that's all. You know, it doesn't take too much, man. <laughs> yeah, that sort of stuff isn't for me, Andy. I don't think I know. <laughs> oh, it's for me. There's nothing funnier than a fucking cartoon dink. Oh my god! Actually, the other, the only other thing I find really funny too, well, because oftentimes you'll see cartoon dinks like uh, graffiti in places. But my favorite thing, if I ever looked down, especially in school when I'd look down at a desk and someone had like carved something into the desk or whatever, mm-hmm. my favorite thing to see is "fuck you." And I don't know why it gives me so much joy whenever I look down and then just see that someone's written fuck you. <laughs> like, I don't know why. <laughs> it always makes me laugh because it's so not clever. Yeah. But at the same time, it always gets a reaction from me. Like, if you close the stall door of a bathroom and it just says fuck you, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's just so funny to me. It always makes me laugh. And uh, it's the best thing anyone can write. Or else if, if you're in, like, a washroom and someone writes some really complicated story on the wall or something and then people are, like, answering it. I love that shit. People <laughs> write some cool stuff, man. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, some of the places I've worked at, I mean, uh, I used to do a lot of le- electrical work and be stuck at, like, these massive factories and, and like, uh, you know, you go to take a dump and you're looking on the wall and every day there's, like, new writing. You know, because it, really, it was a really miserable place to work. It was so fucking dusty and noisy. And, and, and one of the highlights of my day was looking at who added something to the wall. Well, we got to hey, listen. <laughs> we're gonna, we got to talk about this afterwards because uh, I have a friend who's an electrician and he's usually working on sites as well. And he always tells me about the ridiculous things that go on there. Yeah. Yeah. And we were going to start a book. Because he was taking pictures, I was like, this would be a fucking hilarious coffee table book of, like, <laughs> bathroom fucking graffiti. Because, anyway, play me a song. We'll, t- we'll talk more about it. Uh, All right. Uh, have you, do you know who Holland is, by any chance, Andy? How do you spell it? H-O-L-O-N. No. Is it good? All right. Well, yeah, it is. It's very good. I'm a big fan of this guy. Uh, he's kind of doing his own thing. Kind of like science fiction, futuristic retro. I don't know. Anyway, it's really good stuff. Uh, His new track is called The Machine Never Stops. All right, let's check it out. This is The Machine Never Stops by Holland.
And that was Holon with the track The Machine Never Stops. I wonder if it's pronounced like Holon? Holon? I believe it's Hol- Holon. 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 I believe it's just Holon. I could be wrong, but uh, that's how I've always been announcing it. I'm, pr- I'm very sure that's what it is. Yeah. All right, I'm fine with that. If I'm wrong, please someone correct me. Anyway, on the subject <laughs> of bathroom graffiti, hmm? my buddy would just send me these pictures, and some of them were fucking hysterical. Like, when some people are, like, sarcastic, like, someone will write some just fucking sex, dirty, gross thing, like, in a bathroom stall, and then, like, one dude went in with a red pen and, like, corrected the mistakes. And then put a grade as if they were like a teacher. So they're like sitting there, like <laughs> circling all the spelling errors, and then at the end, just put like negative three, like <laughs> at the end of the thing. <laughs> I have friends who work in the oil, mm-hmm. and so they, they oftentimes they're working in um, in camps and stuff, right. where they're working on oil plants, and they're in the middle of nowhere. And obviously, mm-hmm. these camps are like mostly dudes and things. Yeah. And sometimes there's like some. I don't know if these people are, like, just brain damaged, but, like, you know, where they'll, like, come into the washroom and, like, someone's just, like, fucking thrown, like, shit on the floor and stuff. And, oh, gross. And, uh, and I've always find yes. it so fascinating because they'll talk, they'll say that stuff is, yeah, you know, you're in camp and, like, some dude, like, fucking smeared shit on the mirror. And, like, doesn't that mean that that person's insane? Like, isn't that an insane oh. thing? Like, I don't know what it is with dudes in the bathroom. I know there's some dudes who think that shit's funny. <laughs> like, he's just like, hey, it's some funny, man. Dude. I fucking hit shit on the floor, huh? And you're like... Dude, what the fuck? Like, that's not funny. Yeah, like, you're just fucking, fucking insane. Disgusting. I don't know. I, this is probably not going to come out funny, but one of the one of my most amusing things was I, was I was doing a contract at a this massive factory, fuck, maybe 10, 15 years ago now, and uh, the toilet stall on the wall, there was a picture of some guy called Bobby Milkman, right? And I'm like, who the <laughs> fuck? Anyway, so I look at the... Um, the wall and it had like detailed drawings of some person guy with glasses and he's got these big earmuffs on right this big uh, anyway and then they had written bobby uh, bobby milkman airways movies right and then everybody was writing on there right but they were writing shit like um how do i explain this they're sort of sort of adding in milkman into the like titles of movies like real movies right right so they'd be like they'd be like uh, i know what you did last milk run you know or, wait wait so, okay uh, hold on here so this this was an actual this was an actual poster picture of a person. No no no, no this is just on the toilet stall. The, I think it was the middle one or the whatever. Anyway, it was just writing on there, and it had all these drawings of it. Uh, so I'm sitting on the. But who, who is Bobby Milkman? Well, I'm getting to that right. So so I'm like I don't know who the <laughs> fuck he is, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm bemused by this because I go in there every day, and I'm like, oh, what the who the fuck is this guy? Then then I'm working because we're installing these um the the electrics to these high-tech laser cutters or whatever anyway in this factory and, and i'm looking over and i see a guy pushing a crate with uh, all this milk right and he's, he's restocking all the fridges i'm looking go, looking at him and then he turns around and oh my god it looks just like him the, the fucking drawing in the in the store he's got these big glasses these big geek glasses with his head fo- with his earmuffs on i'm like that's fucking him no way so like and then after that i was like completely amused by it you know i'd be writing all my own and <laughs> it just went on and on for weeks you know so it was everybody added their little bit it, it was hilarious that. but uh it used to be more of a time waster for me to be honest um yeah like it'd be like we're, we're waiting on somebody else and it's like what are we gonna do and I'm, like, I'm fucking sick of standing here at least i can go to the toilet and sit down i don't know i think that's the anyway. weird thing now about you know where you can't smoke anywhere mm. because as, as a person who doesn't smoke i don't care right it doesn't affect me personally right, yeah. like, I, I like actually yeah. that a lot of places people can't smoke but uh, smoking definitely was like a sort of take a break thing that if you were a smoker, it's just sort of understood, right? You can, I'm going to go for a smoke. 
then people understand that. You know, I'm going to stand outside and mm-hmm. have a cigarette. And it's weird now because when less people smoke, it's almost like it's not the same to just say, okay, I'm just not going to work for five minutes. Yeah. I'm just not going to work for 10 minutes. You know it's what I mean? Same, like yeah. you would be seen as being lazy, but it's like, well, if some guy can just walk outside and smoke, why can't I just sit here? Mm-hmm. Like it's the same fucking thing. Like it's not totally, but uh, but I feel like it's it's there's something different about it. But I can't really figure what it is. Well, smoking is kind of a social thing too. I think. I mean, I, I I used to smoke cigarettes. It's rare that I do anymore. But um, and I don't drink much either. But on the odd occasion, if there's like a party or something, and or we go out and, and everyone's drinking and somebody's having a cigarette, I'll go out and have a cigarette. It's just a cool thing. You sort of like, oh, let's go outside. The music's loud. So you can go outside, have a cigarette talk you know really talk you know i don't know it's just kind of cool yeah see the only thing i smoke now is uh, crack cocaine no oh. <laughs> it has to be very good i heard you get some good shit up there oh yeah man it's the best <laughs> it is the fucking best hey man that's how you stay up all night yeah. and fucking you know, finish these shows impressive impressive andy i knew it uh yeah. what's that you want me to play another song <laughs> i certainly do i like how i didn't have to even say uh, those words it's like you're talking to lassie i just have to be like uh, well you know uh, what's that andy <laughs> you want me to play you another song <laughs> what's that skip yeah. you have you've never seen um oh yeah it doesn't matter you wouldn't have seen that show skippy the bush kangaroo no, uh, no. the only show the only no, australian no. show i've seen was uh, bobby the milkman <laughs> but it was only on for a few years in the 80s <laughs> uh, okay, so I've got a track here from a relatively unknown producer. I've only just discovered him myself uh, when I was scanning through SoundCloud. Uh, his name's Don Del Piro. I believe that's how you pronounce it. And uh, his new song's called Facing the Ultimate Challenge. All right, this is Don Del Piro with the track Facing the Ultimate Challenge. Marco's second pick of the- No, I say that after, don't I? I think so, yeah. <laughs> Well, well, let's just listen to the song.
And that was Don Del Piro with the track Facing the Ultimate Challenge. Rather uplifting track there. Hope everyone's feeling inspired. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly if people weren't already inspired by us talking about shitting for fucking 15 oh minutes. Oh my God. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. What's on tap for this fucking week, man? You got some special plans? You gonna do some more VR? No, not really. I'm trying to stay away from there. Um, not really, Andy. I don't really have a lot on my plate at the moment. I've got so much spare time. It's great. I mean, going from doing Synthetic Sundays for like three years and literally having no spare time. I mean, I literally gave up playing video games during that period. I just, it was just no time. Yeah. Um, so I'm really enjoying my time, um playing video games and stuff basically I'm just watching movies whatever hanging out with friends and stuff yeah I think that's what I would be doing mm. uh, as well because I, I mean I do need to play games it's funny like I don't play as much and yeah with all the stuff I'm doing with the show and I, I'm I'm finding very little time to really sit and enjoy mm. games I mean like uh, which is why again I think I was saying like a few weeks ago with the Switch, you know, like I enjoy um, playing kind of games on the go now just because it's like when my son's playing video games and I just need like a few minutes to relax, I'll just pull out the Switch mm-hmm. and uh, lay on the couch and, and play that instead of like playing the PlayStation. But I, I needed to stay sane a bit. Like <laughs> I don't need to play all the time and I'm not like super addicted to games. Like I, I used to obviously play a lot more when I was younger. But now when I relax, I do feel like if, you know, like five days have gone by and I haven't played games, like I kind of feel weird. It's like I kind of just need to lay down and relax and play a game. Like I actually feel it. It's so relaxing and it's such an escape. It really is. And and it was missing from my life before for sure. Mm. I'll tell you what cracks me up. I still remember. I don't know why this sticks to me. I guess I found it so funny. That's why. And I watched it a few times. It fucking makes me laugh. That video you posted about when you were playing Zelda and you're trying to pull out that fucking sword. I mean, what was it? Excalibur or something? No, that's like, pull it out. Come on. Come on. Pull it out. And you got like all this health, but it's going down. And then you die right at the end. You're like, ah, (laughs) it's so funny. Yeah, because in this, in the new Zelda game, I mean, every Zelda game is, is always, you know, you get the master sword. But in this game, all the weapons break, right? Every weapon is breakable in the game. And so you really want to get that Master Sword, even though it breaks too. But it's more powerful and it helps you fight the bosses. But in order to pick it up, you have to have so many hearts because your hearts drain as you lift it. And so when I made that video of me pulling the sword out, I think I literally was missing only a few hearts. So I got so close to pulling the sword out and I'm like yelling at the screen and then of course fucking... Link dies because I didn't have enough health. Oh, I felt your anguish. I could yeah. feel it, Andy. But it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Pull it out! Come on! <laughs> uh, I showed my friend here, actually. My friend Leighton. We had a really good chuckle. I was like, fuck. Anyway. Yeah, see, that's the thing. That's why I like filming myself doing stuff like that because, I mean, as long as there can be some joy. I mean, the same with my fucking computer. Like, when I cracked my iMac screen... <laughs> you know, I damaged what is oh, essentially a very expensive piece of equipment. But I'm like, if people find joy and laugh at my reaction to me breaking my screen, uh, at least some good came of it. And it wasn't just some <laughs> shitty thing that happened. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I, I was just like, oh, no, I felt for you, Andy. I don't yeah. know if I laughed. I was just really, I felt really <laughs> bad for you. I was like, that's the worst. No. And you're like kind of keeping positive. You're not like, I would just be like, all right, fuck it. I'm turning this shit off. Yeah. And I'd be like throwing shit around. I mean, I'd be fucking angry, you know. <laughs> so you kind of kept it. Somehow you kept a level head. And I was just like, oh, man, that's what a moment. It's a, it's a tricky thing to do because like I am, <laughs> like I don't have... 
anger towards people, but I have anger towards objects. Because <laughs> yeah. my wife will say that too. Like she gets, if she hears me yelling as if I'm yelling at a person, like I've got some sort of problem. Like, no, no, like to me, it's all things. If a fucking computer screws up, if, you know, a tool breaks, if something I'm doing, like it's physically like a, just an object that's not performing its function, mm-hmm. I will freak out. I have smashed so many phones in my life like mm, I just me hate too, actually because especially too like when portable phone technology like first came out I remember when I got my first phone mm. and then yeah they just would break and like towards the end of their lives they would be fuzzy all the time and the battery would always be dying like after talking for like mm. two minutes and I used to love talking on the phone like I talk on the phone a lot mm. and uh man I there's so many phones where just that that last drive you you spend a month with a phone that's just fucking irritating you every day like every day you're in the middle of a conversation and it starts beeping and then it goes fuzzy and hangs up and there's that breaking point and the buttons don't work anymore. <laughs> and then there's just that uh. point that I would always hit where I would just almost like have this zen moment of complete calm right before I just take the phone and just whip it against the wall and it just smashes and I'm like, fucking right. <laughs> yeah, I've smashed about three or four phones I've, in my I've time. I've probably done a couple, I think. I had one that drove me nuts, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, you can't do that with... I just looked at the price of i because I was considering changing my uh, my uh, phone plan because I actually just have a landline and um, well, you got one of those things you still got a landline wow I haven't seen one of those in ages yeah I like landlines but anyways iPhones are expensive as shit I didn't know they were that much yeah, money they are. the new iPhone yeah, costs a thousand dollars Canadian yeah it's fucked like what the hell is that so you can't fucking slam that thing you can't do anything with it it's stupid I'm pissed because I got a I got a uh a Galaxy Note, oh fuck, wait a Note Five or something—the one before the one that you know was blowing up or whatever. It's a yeah. really good phone. I love it. But the problem is, I fucking broke the camera on the back, so now like the photos look like shit. And I take a lot of photos, and I either post them or I don't have a camera, so um, and it's handy. You know what it's like. You go, you're around out and about. What are you going to keep a fucking nice camera with you everywhere? Yeah. Sometimes you just be driving, and you go, oh, I want to take a photo of that. You know, so. It's really good to use the phone, and it's... it's um, Anyway, so it's, it's pissing me off, because I'm like, what am I going to do? Spend another fucking $800, $900 on a phone? Yeah. It's like, fuck. You're sitting Anyways, there, and it's... frustrating. Just in the middle of the fucking outback, wanting to take a picture of my dick? Is that what you do? No, I was going to say kangaroo, but... Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, I do take some photos of my dick, but I don't understand. <laughs> I only send that to one special person. Yeah, but. and thank you very much for those. Anyways, we should probably yes. fucking wrap it up. Uh, do you got another song you want to fucking end this on? Uh, I actually do have some photos of kangaroos on my phone. Anyway, um, <laughs> I was going to play uh, Ultra Boss uh, with This Time She's Gone featuring Powder Slut. So this is Ultra Boss, and this has been uh, Keeping It 80s uh, this week, by the way. We'll, we'll say goodbye to you now. Okay. And we'll, we'll end on this track. You, you got something to say? You got a final thought? I can't believe you. I was really enjoying that conversation. You're going to get rid of me already. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Have a nice trip, Mel. (laughs) 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 Love that scene. Um, Yeah, uh, nothing really to say. I'm looking forward to it. We'll continue this conversation next week. Um, See everyone. See Andy. All right. See you, Marco. And now we're going to listen to Ultra Boss with the track This Time She's Gone featuring Powder Slut.
And that was Ultra Boss with the track This Time She's Gone featuring Powder Slot. And that, of course, was Keeping in 80s with Marco Merrick for another week. Uh, we're going to talk to AD Hawk in just a bit, but I thought maybe we'd go to the Patreon and thank my lovely Pattersons. guys so you know beyond has a patreon you know man and it's a way people can donate money to the show and make this show even bigger and better and we got a new donor this week there's tristziadev tristziadev oh and the email doesn't help either because it's a bunch of crazy letters <laughs> all right buddy tell me how to pronounce your name trist tristziadev t-r-i-s-t-e-z-i-a-d-e-f D-E-V. D- <laughs> I also forgot how to speak. Anyways, thanks a lot for your donation, Tristziadev. Maybe it's backwards for something. Ved... Vedizitsretik? Nope. <laughs> Anyways, thanks a lot for donating to the show, man. It means a lot to me. Anyway, let's go to my $5 Pattersons. There's Kai, Joe and Lando, Roman, Bobby B, John Eternal, Dougie Fresh, Lame Robot, Mono Memory, Florence Bullock, Matthew Lister, Simon Norberg, Veilingo, New Gat Ninja, The Rosconian, Night Raptor, Stu M, Ross Pentland, Dana Jean Phoenix, Tristan Waits, Rawl Pud, Aled, Grant Bouvier, Barons of Santa Carla, Seattle Synth, Starlight Fisher, Olivia Mutant John, Timothy Pierce, Corey Valentine, Orlando Rodriguez. Now he said it's pronounced Nief, like that. Nief, it's spelled Nief. But he said it's Nief. Or Nief? I'm, I'm gonna get closer, man. I'm getting closer to this. Orlando. And then there's Ethan Hennings. And now it's time for the donation of the beast. This is the donation of the beast. And this week's Donation of the Beast, these are people who donate 666. There's Hellroy, Lucas Ceballos, Blake Peterson, Carm, Unholy Rat King, and Straylight. And rounding out the Donation of the Beast is Max Hutchings, and now my lovely $10 Pattersons. There's Jake Last, Trevor Resnick, Colin Bennett, Fraser Davidson, Victor Garza, Ezra Van Dam, Winfield, Will Lowe, Polly Digital, Joshua Everson, Slunks, Greg Smith, Ashley Keegan, Tim Walmsley, Mike Shima, Shaboogan, Facehugger, and of course, with the donation of the 1111, there's Chris Lane. And with the donation of the 2288, it's Jacob Wick. And Chris Dance with the quarter 20. Nope, I was gonna, what was I gonna say there? 
the quarter century? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Chris Dance with the $25. And this week, the king of the Pattersons. And of course, this week's sponsor, it's Retro Revolution with a pledge of uh, $99.95. <laughs> no one will ever top that. And that is uh, pretty cool. So you guys remember to go check out Retro Revolution. Check it out on YouTube. He's doing really cool stuff. He's uh, an electrician and he works with old consoles and electronics and makes new things out of them. I think he's the first guy in the world to ever consoleize a PSP. And there's videos online of him uh, going through the process of uh, fucking soldering wires to things and making these cool new devices. He's made some custom game systems for people. It's really cool stuff. So check out Retro Revolution on YouTube. You can just go to YouTube and type in Retro Revolution. You'll get it. And uh, it's really cool stuff, man. It's also Retro Faith Games on Twitter. So go check him out. And that is the Patreon for this week. If you want to donate to the Patreon and help support this show, the more uh, support we get, the bigger we can make this show, and the better it can be. You can check out patreon.com slash beyondsynth to help out. And now listen to this music. (laughs) Uh, This is a track by Smart Tech from the album The Lin Effect. And this is Digital Dawn B.
And that was Smart Tech with the track Digital Dawn B off the Lynn Effect. And uh, I love that track. It just has a really genuine retro feel, like late 70s style uh, synth stuff. And it's a lot of fun. And now let's uh, go to my conversation with 80 Hawk. And I am here with the uh, 80Hawk. Hey. AKA Kieran is how you say your name, I've just been told. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Andy. How are you? How's it going? Ah, I'm all right, man. Good. It sounds like a science fiction name. Kieran. Kieran. Bird. I don't know. Uh, it's weird that you should say that because over here it's probably co- it's a fairly common name. Kieran is a really sort of common Irish name, but also Burn, the surname, which probably looks a bit weird as well as actually if you open up the phone book over here there's like literally just i don't know 50 60 pages of burns so <laughs> it's very strange <laughs> definitely not a side boy character over here yeah what was that uh, uh the actor fucking gabriel Byrne, right like he was in a bunch of shit gabriel Byrne. <laughs> actually someone posted a video of gabriel Byrne a while ago and he did a duet with these two um french girls from like the 70s or something like that it was a disco record mm. and he was actually uh speaking in a french accent even though he's irish he was doing like these sort of french english monologues over the track it was the weirdest thing i've ever heard but equally funny yeah. so uh, <laughs> if i can dig that out i'll send you a link <laughs> whatever happened to that dude he's still around isn't he i don't know i don't see much of him around here but uh, <laughs> i'm guessing i'm guessing he's he, he's he's definitely uh still gracing us with his presence somewhere in the world but i don't know where it's, where it is so man What's uh, what's going on in uh, Ireland today? What's going on in Ireland today? Well, it's summer solstice, obviously. It's the 21st of June, so it's the longest day of the year. And it's also clocked up the highest uh, registered heat of the year. So it's the longest and hottest day of the year in Ireland today. Oh, so we're talking on a good day. Do you have air conditioning in your house? Do we have air conditioning in our house? No, because we don't really usually have uh, any need for it in Ireland. The, the weather is usually pretty terrible here, mm. so... Um, <laughs> air conditioning is not something that I have at the moment, no. You just gotta throw some ice cubes in your pants. Yeah, you know, just get wild, you know, get some ice cubes and maybe some whiskey, yeah. you know. <laughs> Be proper Irish and just do it right, you know. I don't know, if whiskey doesn't really cool you down, though. Yeah, well, it, it might kind of numb you, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll experiment. We'll, we'll, we'll try a couple of things. <laughs> yeah, no, I like the idea of that. Yeah. So you uh, are an Irish man. Is that correct? I am an Irish man, born and bred. That's right. So explain to me, I mean, you were before we were talking, but your name, Kieran, has like almost like an accent thing over the A. That's right. Yeah. So Kieran is, there's a couple of different ways to uh spell Kieran there's a few different versions so I suppose the the Irish version is the one that I have and it's C-I-A or A-N but over the second A there's like a thing called a father which would be the I suppose the equivalent to like a French accent or something like that and it's supposed to it indicates sort of drawn out syllable so it's Kieran you know what I mean? Yeah, As yeah. As opposed to just Kieran. So it is super sci-fi then. It is like Kieran. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, you <laughs> could say that it's pretty sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. You just have need to put a, a, a proper echo or reverb on that just so it can proper draw Kieran. So wait. You know? So how often are these accents employed over there? I, I I didn't know that it was a thing that there was like accents in English. Yeah, you see, that's the kind of weird thing because I suppose Irish has a sort of colonial history. So we would have spoken our own language called Irish 
or Gaelga, I suppose is the correct term. Mm. And um, because of like English rule going back hundreds of years, there is this Irish and English, there's certain words that sort of got, you know, melded together. Right. So there's a lot of jumbled up lingo that way. But um, I'm not going to claim to know too much about any of that. <laughs> so uh, we should probably do that there. But uh, yeah, historically, like there's a lot of kind of integration and intermingled sort of words and things like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. Well, I always enjoy learning about uh, different people's countries because I've only had uh, one yeah. other Irish man on the show or Irishman. I, I, just, I just oh, and who was that? That was um, Hower. Oh, Hower. Oh, John. Yeah, we used to do gigs together. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was on like second season, so that was years ago. Yeah, yeah. Nice guy, nice guy. Yeah, he's been, he's been, he was doing music as Howard. We did a couple of gigs together, I remember, in Dublin. And um, yeah, he does his stuff is sort of soundtracky, you know, it's sort of filmic mm-hmm. sound off it. It's very good. Yeah, I've seen him play live a couple of times as well. He supported Com Trues when Com Trues played over here one time. That was pretty cool. Uh, he's done a couple of festivals as well. So yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah, John is a good lad. Yeah, yeah, no, he's a nice dude. But right now, we're talking about AD Hawk and we're going to listen uh, to some AD Hawk right now. So this was the track that uh, I first heard of yours. This was back in season one of Beyond Synth, and I did an episode with Hoo-Ha and Sunglasses Kid, and we were bringing songs we liked. And I think Sunglasses Kid was the one who said, like, oh, have you heard this track by AD Hawk? And it was in Memorex, which is a fucking awesome song, man. It's a lot of fun, and we're going to listen to it right now. So this is In Memorex by AD Hawk.
And that was In Memorex by AD Hawk. And I'm here with AD Hawk right now, talking about Ireland, heat wave, whiskey. Yeah, the great Irish heat wave of 2017. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from because it usually just pisses rain all the fucking time over here. It never stops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like that in Canada, man. Like everyone always makes jokes about how cold it is. But now, like, when our summers happen, our summers are getting really fucking hot. And like humid, I like say so. yeah, like unbearable at at times. It's uh, it's fucking crazy. But anyways, man, yeah, talk to me about eighty hawk. So what's where'd you get the name? Well, the name is a combination of two things. So I suppose the eighty, the first part. Oh, it's sort of a long-winded thing. It's like the surname of a scientist who uh, created this thing called the Leda machine, which was basically a small device that transmitted frequencies that rendered people susceptible to mind control i think it would have been around maybe the the 50s or 60s or something like that so that's the 80 part that was the surname of this guy and then the hawk the h-a-w-k-e is a reference to the film lady hawk because the sound had that sort of 80s thing going on right so it's sort of a portmanteau of two words it's a combination of two things so yeah it's good to get that out there eventually because a lot of people are always asking me about it but uh, that's basically where the name came from alright yeah I mean I always assumed the Lady Hawk part but I guess I could have never guessed the mind control scientist aspect of the uh... yeah I know, I know it's, a bit, it's a bit weird I know it's a bit weird but I think at the time because I was so into Boards of Canada and I'm still a bit, I'm still a big fan of them that kind of uh, influenced a lot of stuff that I was doing so I suppose their kind of sound is all about mind control and weird shit yeah. so uh, <laughs> I kind of I was piggybacking on their sort of idea about that but yeah no that's where the name came from so there you go yeah I mean that's pretty cool and you've been uh, making tunes for a while because I think I heard uh I mean, it must have been you. There was an 80 Hawk track on one of those old, like, Masters of the Universe compilations. Yeah, well, the, the first 80 Hawk track that I did was probably 80 Hawk Team. And um, the Valerie Collective first picked that up and posted it on their blog after uh, I posted on MySpace because it was around 2008 and MySpace was still very much a thing mm-hmm. back then. Yeah. You know, everyone was on their MySpace and had their little couple of tunes up there but um i think i sent the track to college because i was a big fan of college and teenage color had just come out so i sent him on the track and he seemed pretty impressed by it so they posted it up on the valerie blog and then it just sort of blew up from there like i mean the track started to get a a lot of attention i think after that i did the remix for anorak as well which is anorak's uh, night drive with uep i did a remix on that uh, and then after that was the Masters of the Universe compilation that you mentioned which yeah, was yeah. a track called Skyscrape so they're the earliest sort of ADR tracks they're going back almost a decade now which is pretty scary yeah no it is crazy when you think about that man like yeah. when I see uh, anyone with links to MySpace I'm like well we're in 2017 now like holy fuck but anyway, yeah, it's not even. Does it even still exist? I mean, all I see is pictures of Tom kind of floating around in the ether. I'm like, Jesus, what the fuck is going on? Well, you still have a, a page. Yeah, but I, I, it, it's sort of inactive. I don't really uh, like. I know it's there, but it's sort of like a ghost page. It's just floating around in space. I never go near it. I never really like update content or anything like that because I think MySpace is pretty much dead in the water now you know but it serves as a memory to a time <laughs> yeah you, you've got a track on there called Boom yeah yeah I think that's it yeah oh really <laughs> <laughs> the other ones just got like you know deleted by 
I don't know, sci-fi box who hate the name Kira on it, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I didn't know that, actually. That just goes to show that I don't really visit my MySpace page that much anymore. I thought there was a couple of more tracks up there. That's unusual. Maybe I wasn't looking at it right. I, I, I might have just forgotten what... Uh, every so often when I'm going through people's links and stuff and, and checking things out, I'm like, yeah. oh, MySpace, and I'll click on it for fun, and... You know, maybe I've just forgotten how it works. Yeah, I think the interface is completely fucked now. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, they were trying to do, they, were, they tried to do a big resurgence in MySpace, I remember, and it just was not happening at all. People had migrated to various other platforms, SoundCloud or whatever else, and it just didn't work. It's a shame because at the time it was really cool. You know, it was a good way of people to link up and send each other music and stuff it was a, it was a good time you know for a while like i heard people saying this like it was in the collective unconscious that oh myspace is still a cool place yeah for musicians and there's the, people were trying to maintain that idea and i don't think that flew i don't know if that was like myspace came up with that and was trying to like infiltrate like back into relevance yeah it seemed to be something along those lines i'm not entirely sure but um yeah i don't know it's a peculiar one but uh, like after the myspace thing i suppose for a couple of years I was posting a couple of tracks on SoundCloud when that was becoming a thing so that's where Boom and those other sort of early tracks came about and I did a few remixes for uh, local bands in, in Dublin around here people like Channel One and another band called Le Galaxy as well and stuff like that yeah so that, that was kind of the lead up in, in those kind of earlier tracks to meeting up with Eric Swero from Girlfriend Records and then doing the EP in 2014 I think it was 2013 now Crown Sunday so there was kind of a lull period in between the MySpace thing and then there was like tracks on SoundCloud and then I got in contact with Eric and uh, he, he seemed interested in doing an EP so that's when In Memorex and those various other tracks got done well let's listen to one of those man because there's another one on uh, on that EP that I dug there's a track called Looker yeah yeah which is a cool one and, uh, and we're going to listen to that right now man this is Looker by 80 Hawk awesome
And that was 80 Hawk with the track Looker, and I'm here with 80 Hawk right now. Kieran! That's me. It's hard for me not to say it like that. <laughs> Kieran. Oh, I bet you say that to all the people you have on the station. <laughs> well, not everybody has a name like Kieran. Yeah. You know, someone shows up and is just like, my name's Jim. I'm like, fuck off. But I mean, uh, you know, when you, <laughs> when you got a cool name, then. So what's the deal, man? Like, when did you start uh, making the tunes? When did I start making the tunes myself? I mean, I've been making music since probably, God, trying to think back now, probably since probably around 1996. I started DJing with my friends in about 1996, so I mean, that's about 21 years at this stage. We would have been into a lot of techno, I suppose, at the time, like Jeff Mills and Cybotron and Juan Atkins and stuff like that, so a different sort of vein of music than uh, the 80 hop thing completely my style and interest just developed over time after we were DJing we started buying keyboards we bought a Roland synth we bought a Roland MC303 which is like the cheap version of the Roland TB303 it was probably about a quarter of the the money and it was sample based but um, that sort of early uh, beginnings in making music was something that really got me interested and, and the friends at the time that I bought all this gear with sort of lost interest but I kind of carried it on and then I went migrated to software and started using Reason I suppose in about 2006 I did an album under my own name which was like Kieran Byrne and it was uh, you know ambient stuff like Boards of Canada, I suppose I mentioned them already. Uh, Boards of Canada, maybe sort of like Aravan and things like that. So over time, I've just been always picking away at doing some kind of music, you know. It's just taking shape over time. Yeah. <laughs> when you think back now to these like DJing days and stuff, do you feel like an old man? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me of that. <laughs> I'm not too old yet. There's life of the old dog yet, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no. I do feel pretty old because, I mean, I, I'm in my early 30s now, but, like, I suppose from the point of view of being into dance music, maybe I got into it very young anyway. Like, I, I mean, to even predate DJing and stuff, I was listening to dance music probably since I was about nine years old, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's always been something that's been in my close circle of friends. And even if friends, you know, different people you're involved with over time, everyone I've always known in Ireland has always been massively into dance music. Well, for the most part, I'd say 95% of people I know would be into dance music, but um, only a few would share the, the same enthusiasm as as me. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I started making it and stuff. It wasn't because like I wanted to, oh, I might just do tunes so I can go out and party and stuff like that although that's fun as well <laughs> it was just more I had to make music just because I had to do it I felt like it was just something that I I really had to do you know well I dig uh, like I mean I dig the vibe of your stuff like it's definitely like uplifting fun tunes yeah and there's a yeah. lot of like that sort of choppiness and kind of glitchiness that you uh, that you throw in there that sounds neat vocal chops and stuff yeah 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 I, I don't really know where all that comes from i was talking about this to a mate a while ago and it's sort of like you know i often wonder like how do people have their how do people approach making music and stuff like that because i, I got a really small setup I, I use a jx305 which i bought years ago during that time when i was with my friends and i was a teenager and it's got its guts hanging out like i mean it's so old <laughs> but uh, I, I still use that for sampling and stuff like that and um, I use some tape as well like cassette tapes and stuff like that uh, I also sample films like for In Memorex I took a fairly weird sample out of Howard the Duck I don't know if you've ever seen that film from the <laughs> 80s but uh, there's a bit at the end Classic. Where, um, I, and I just kind of twisted it out of recognition I, I like taking little vocal samples 
and then just completely bending them out of shape and just cutting them up in, in interesting ways, you know, because it's all about the detail, I suppose. It just keeps me interested, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like taking a really slack organic sound and then chopping it up and give it a synthesis twist, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Soft synthesis twist yeah. because I use mostly software. But you know what I mean, yeah. Fucking Howard the Duck. I know. I still, <laughs> as, as a kid, I just remember finding that scene really upsetting when Jeffrey Jones is in the restaurant and he starts like freaking out and the ketchup and the mustard is like flying everywhere. Yeah. I don't know why that, that comes to mind. That's a weird film. <laughs> Have you like watched it later? Like, I know it's bad, but it's like, it's bad in a really weird way. Like, it is a strange film. I think that's because of the sort of animatronics effects in the 80s when they had, like, it's probably to do with Howard, you know, because he's just like this little sort of, you know, shy, sort of weird duck contraption that like moves its head in really awkward ways and sort of slightly disturbing you know (laughs) whenever they would do those types of animatronics in like 80s films i mean labyrinth is another example where it's a puppet when it's close up uh no no sorry not labyrinth um um, dark crystal you know the main characters were like these little kind of humanoid things and they're puppets when they're up close but then there's these like wide shots where they're clearly played by like little people yeah, yeah, and you can tell the difference and I, I think Howard the Duck was one of those ones too where like whenever it's just him running around in the suit he, he moves very differently than yeah. if it's like a close up shot where they're, where they're getting detail and like the facial animation and stuff and it's really bizarre that's a good point because because you know anatomically that it, it's probably a person and you know that in the back of your mind but it's sort of like your mind is resisting it because it's also a duck <laughs> so it's sort of like this is wrong this shouldn't happen <laughs> well it shouldn't be happening for a number of reasons especially that film but like <laughs> th- like the thing with that that i always found funny too is cause especially if they get like a little person when you yeah. you see somebody who's like put in a costume and like they have to accommodate for the size of the actual person in the suit and so all the dimensions will change of course so like if it is like if it is something where it is a puppet one scene and then it's like a little dude the next and all of a sudden it just looks weird and <laughs> i always wondered why it's just like just use a kid but then i guess when you have a kid you got all those labor laws and i don't think you can really put like all those crazy costumes on a kid they can only be on set for like two hours before they they're not allowed to be on set anymore or whatever. I think there's rules. Yeah, and, and, and isn't there that age-old sort of saying, like, don't work with kids or animals or something like that? Because, yeah. you know, yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> to this day, I don't work with any animals or any kids. Good. Keep it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, listen to another track, man. This is okay. a fun one. Yeah. Uh, it's called Opal, and I dig it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else I was going to say. Well, you say opal, right? Mm. Or is it opal? It's opal. It's it's the fucking, it's like a gemstone, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a gemstone. What is an opal? I don't really know. It's a birthstone, as far as I, uh, I'm aware. I, I remember I just, when I wrote the track, I was just thinking like, I was just trying to think of a name. So opal came up and I thought, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> That's really it. That'll do. Well, this is Opal by A.D. Hawk. Thank you. 
And that was Opal by A.D. Hawk, and I'm here with A.D. Hawk right now. Kieran, talking about Howard the Duck and precious gemstones. And whiskey. And yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jim Henson Skeksis. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I was just watching that the other day, actually. Yeah. I know they announced that they were going to do like a Netflix show, and I think people were excited, but I don't think it's going to be with puppets, so I don't know that people should be excited about it. Okay. I don't know how that's going to work, but hopefully, hopefully, well for the creators. Anyway, it'll probably just be like cheap CGI animation, I imagine. Ah, uh, boo! No thanks. I just can't imagine when they're just like, they're just like, oh, Dark Crystal series on Netflix, and it's just like, there's no way this thing's going to be like a, a fucking series with puppets. I mean, that'd be wicked if it was with actual puppets and they were doing it properly. But what are the odds? Yeah, I mean, they're doing that with so many things now. Like, I suppose Twin Peaks is back out now as well. I haven't seen it, but. You know, they're, they're doing all these kind of rehashes of, of old stuff, like the comic book genre is completely saturated with it as well. Sometimes it can work, I'm not going to lie, sometimes I've seen a few uh, redos of films and stuff and they've been pretty good, so I don't know. Twin Peaks, I mean, uh, I'm not sure when this interview is going to air. I mean, I'm a few episodes in, okay. or more than a few. Yeah. Uh, I, really, I really like it, but it is fucking weird as hell. It's probably the weirdest TV show ever made. Yeah. It's tonally kind of very different from the actual show. I think so, yeah. So far, like, it just feels a lot more like just a David Lynch film. Okay. More so than feeling like Twin Peaks the show. Because Twin Peaks the show had a sort of a very specific vibe, but it still was like a television show. Yeah. Whereas the new Twin Peaks is like just these weird episodes that don't really have the structure of like a television show like you'll just watch just a five minute scene of someone brooming and you're just like what is this like why did this happen and there's no explanation as to why you're watching it and it's cool man it's david lynch no yeah. to be honest i don't know what's going on with it either i think as he gets older he seems to struggle even more with trying to approach a linear narrative in a, in a film or like you know evidently a tv program as well so maybe it's just that he's slowly losing his mind and everyone's coming along that's probably possible the thing is like the more episodes of this twin peaks there clearly is a story it's just the structure of it it's like you know even when you watch regular tv yeah there can be a story over the season but you know i feel like there's like beats a tv show hits you know and it's like and it builds up to like a cliffhanger whatever and you've you know it's like every tv show is like almost like a little mini movie but yeah the new twin peaks feels like you're just watching a one-hour section of, like, an 18-hour movie. Exactly, yeah. So you're just seeing a new chunk, and sometimes those chunks are completely incoherent, and then it's, like, three episodes later, you go, like, oh, that's who that guy was, or whatever, and, like, you start to slowly piece it together. Yeah! But at the same time, I find it sort of refreshing because a lot of TV I watch is formulaic, and so to see a show that just has no formula is just really interesting. Sure, yeah. I know, it's one of those things that you'll probably have to, it would require sort of repeated watches, you know, but I just don't know if I'd have the patience for that. <laughs> I don't know how people understand what they do, because I'll watch a new an, an episode of New Twin Peaks, and then I'll, I'll read a review, and people are talking about it like they understand who all the characters are, 
And I'm just like, how the hell did you get that from what I just watched? Like, yeah. I mean, I love it. Like, I, I really enjoy it. Like, I'm not one of those people who gets mad when I'm confused at a movie. Same. Like, I know there's some people, like, when they're confused, it's like a problem for them. Like, I don't get it. Like, what's going on? I'm like, it's fine to not... Go- as long as, like, the movie feels cool yeah. and it's it's entertaining to watch, I don't care if I'm confused because I, I know if I really enjoy it at the mood of the film, I'll just watch it again. Exactly. And, you know, every time you watch a, a movie again and you... you kind of pick up more on who the characters are i mean you know i love game of thrones and i didn't understand who anybody was for the first like five episodes like it took me a lot of episodes to just come to grips with who the characters were you see this is the thing because with any form of media or art or whatever it is you know if it's affecting that's enough do you know what i mean it does you don't really have to understand what's going on but if it if, if it affects you in a certain way you're experiencing something so like i mean that has to account for something Journey. Yeah, and for me, I think that's just the difference that w- it depends, I guess, how you absorb art. Yeah. To me, it is about the feeling. Like, obviously, a great movie also has a great story and stuff like that. But I think there's some people who who watch TV and movies very literally. Like, I, I've got friends like that where when they talk about a movie and they say that movie was cool because and they just sort of explain what happened in the film. Like, yeah, I liked it because that guy killed a lot of people. Yeah. I'm like. Yeah, is that a real reason to like a movie? I mean, that's just, that's the plot. Yeah. It's a difficult thing to sort of say out loud, because it's it's not that I'm saying the plot isn't important, but when someone says they like a movie purely because of what happened in the movie, to me, it's the whole package, right? It's like, it's it's, it's everything that goes in, like the directing and the music and all that stuff. The music, the mood, that's set. Yeah, exactly. And and these are all things that are sort of contributing factors that, like, you need to be taken into account. Yeah, I know what you mean, though. Like, sometimes people will give you, like, a fairly flat retelling of a film is like this guy walked through a door you know it's like (laughs) right I need I need a bit more than that with the new Twin Peaks sometimes a guy walking through a door can be a five minute scene yeah once you end up watching this show man it's fucking bizarre like you'll just be like what why am I watching a five minute scene of a guy walking in the door and then they never really tell you why you did but at the same time you're intrigued because you're like I mean this must mean something? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> so you, you'll, you'll attach your own sort of meaning to it. If you can't kind of decipher what's going on, you'll say, ah, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take from it what I can, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Like, but like just from the point of view of music in that show, I suppose, uh, Angelo Badalamenti, I think, was the guy who did the original music, the Twin Peaks soundtrack, like, you know, the sort of calming strings and stuff. I was really into that, I suppose, early on as well when Twin Peaks first aired. Yeah. And uh, also Julie Cruz, her her music was was really um, captivating. Like, it's, it's really amazing stuff. Well, that sequence, I mean, in, in the original show, the scene where, I don't care if we'd spoil it, 25 year old show but like um, yeah, it's one of the few scenes like I've watched because I've only actually watched through Twin Peaks once but there's a few scenes I've watched over and over again like I'll go back to it and just go to Netflix and watch the cool scenes I liked yeah of course one of them for some reason one of my favorite scenes in Twin Peaks is the scene at the beginning of season 2 when, when uh, Kyle MacLachlan is shot on the floor and like that old man comes in from the uh, he works in the hotel and he doesn't acknowledge that Kyle MacLachlan has been shot yeah <laughs> and it's like this giant it's like those are the th- kind of things that David Lynch does that I love like where it's just a big long scene it never leaves that room and clearly it's just like why isn't this old man and you keep thinking is the old man gonna call for help and he never does and he keeps like smiling at him and giving him a thumbs up 
And then like when you think the scene is over and the old man leaves the room and then he comes back in the room again and gives him a thumbs up again. And like, it's just, it's such a fucking awesome scene. Yeah. But the scene, the Julie Cruz scene, the one where she's doing that performance and then the bad guy kills another person and then like the giant appears. Oh yes. Like during the performance. And he's just like, it's "It's happening again. It's happening again. Like that scene is awesome. Like it's just such a fucking weird scene. It it really sets a mood, you know? That's the only thing that's a little disappointing of the, the new show because they're, they're being very sparse with the music so far yeah like as i say i don't know when this conversation with you and i is going to air okay because i I, i'm about like seven episodes in i mean by the time it airs like i mean there might be more but so far in the first seven anyways they've been really sparse with the music like there isn't there's a lot of scenes that don't have music yeah and that's maybe one of the biggest things that makes it sort of different than twin peaks because i felt like the old twin peaks there was always music going on even if it was just that the scary like the the three note thing that would always play whenever there was some like evil going on or mystery or whatever yeah sort of ominous strings going on yeah 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 there was definitely a more leaning or more reliance on music to uh, really create the atmosphere in the original one whereas at, at the moment it just seems to be more i don't know it's it's completely fragmented it's totally out there i I don't really know what to make of it like so far they've had some really weird choices first of all like there's been some weird music that pops in where you're like okay that's an odd musical choice yeah i feel like they reuse some music from other scores that angelo did I i swear there was like one episode where they were just taking score music that he wrote for like fucking lost highway or so i could be wrong yeah but there was a few there was a few moments where i was just like did they just take this from like another david lynch film yeah like that's what it sounded like i think he, he he's not really afraid to do anything that way like it, whether it's found sound or sort of foley or like sound design you know just completely throwing things off kilter is always what he's kind of doing quite well yeah yeah but yeah in that case he, like he's never really been afraid to take risks he's, you know he never say that anyone that probably says to him like david that's the weirdest thing ever you can't you're not you just you're not able to do that he'd be like no you know we've got to do that and then it's like fine and then that's the result that you're seeing is his sort of you know uncompromising attitude towards it so yeah no no for sure it's undeniably him anyway i know that much so yeah yeah. well let's uh let's listen to another track man i want to listen to some more 80 hawks this is a cool song cool this is uh venus battalion by 80 hawk
And that was 80 Hawk with the track Venus Battalion. I'm here with 80 Hawk right now. Kieran, we're talking about David Lynch and Twin Peaks and stuff like that. I mean, I, I'll say about the new show, though, I am actually really, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. But it is so fucking weird. <laughs> like, it, it is so weird. I mean, yeah. There's one episode that was almost like completely like Kyle McLaughlin walking around like backwards land for like the whole thing. And I was just like, wow, like, I mean, now the TV landscape is completely different the way people tune into television. But I just I would love to see the looks on people's faces who who stumble upon, you know, Showtime while it's airing Twin Peaks. Yeah. (laughs) And just catch it in one of those moments to just be like, what the fuck is this? I mean, like, that's got to be so weird for people. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, it's such a weird excursion into madness as far as I'm concerned. But I think what the thing that you were talking about, Colin McLaughlin there, it's probably reflects the the film wasn't there a film done that was sort of off the back of twin peaks called fire walk with me and it was that little dwarf guy he was in the red room and he was yes fire walk with me and he spoke everything in reverse and that was just uh, nightmare stuff it was crazy yeah i mean that's the thing that always surprised me especially with the old twin peaks show was like the finale was pretty much like the last half hour of it was all backwards talking stuff and and that was on like a major american television network and so the idea that that aired on tv there was commercial breaks and it would come back and they were still in backwards land i'm just like what audience would put up with this like it's just it's i mean i would because it's cool but um there's so many things that i haven't caught in the new show like they'll reintroduce a character like i didn't even really understand that that weird tree with the brain is the dwarf (laughs) like i I didn't pick up on that but but then i watch old clips and i'm like oh i really should go back and watch the show again because some of these references are really they're blatant it's like if you knew the show you would get these references and i'm not right and then i'll I'll be like what's up with that tree that's like i am the arm and i sound like this and then there's a scene with like the dwarf dude in the original twin peaks and he says that same thing yeah like that same line i'm the arm and i sound like this and makes a weird sound with his mouth and like oh so i really i gotta go back and watch all this shit again yeah i suppose david lynch like i mean he's got his fingers in so many pies doesn't he like he's done albums of I, th- I think I saw on YouTube, there's a YouTube video I saw a while ago of him and these two other French guys that were like, I think they were in a quarry somewhere in California and they were recording quarry sounds for an album he was doing of industrial people digging in quarries. <laughs> so, <laughs> the weirdest thing ever. The thing is, he was so into it, like, and he was he had massive enthusiasm for this drilling that they were doing. And like, even during the interview, he cut the guy off. And he was like, "Listen, I've got to go back to the drilling, man. I've got to go back to the drilling." I mean, you, you've got to hand it to him; like, he's creative and he does a lot of different things. You know, he's he's definitely um, using his sort of creative outlet well. Just on that subject of fucking uh, quarry noises, because I remember I met somebody who went to school for, it was very pretentious sounding to me, because it was like, it's considered classical, but like new classical or something, but it's basically just noise. It's like soundscapes and noise. I think it's music concrete or something like that. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I wouldn't really know that much about it. Anyway, it seems a bit pretentious, like you say. I, I just don't know if I could get into like the constant hammering. Like it wasn't music, but I don't. I don't. I feel like it had a different name than music concrete. It was like oh, it could do, yeah. But it yeah. was the same idea. It was like this pretentious. You would ask the person who's making it, like, so what is this? Like, I don't quite get it. It's, like, <laughs> it's all about you know, uh, you you capture the the scape and sound and you know with the ratios and like talking about where the speakers go and all this stuff i'm like yeah. right but but what is it like what exactly are you gonna hear like 
I appreciate art yeah. and I appreciate the philosophy and mindset that goes into like different artistic endeavors, but I also am pretty practical about the end result. Yeah. If I hear awesome music, fine. If the fucking person talks about, you know, in a pretentious way, like they make electronic music, but it's like, it's about, you know, the soundscape of the vibrations entering your body and, you know, they come up with some, some pretentious <laughs> yeah. thing. Fine. If the music's cool, if that's the guy, what, what he wants to talk about, fine. But when that same pretension is applied to something that to me is like, well, this isn't, this is just the sound of people like sweeping floors. Like, like explain to me what, how this is musical. And then they have some yeah. paragraph answer. Then you're like, fuck you. It just sounds lazy. Do you know what I mean? It's just like music for me has to have some sort of spontaneity to it. Like when you were saying earlier on about the tracks on Kodachrome Sunday, like them being fun and stuff, you know, it's got to have a certain feeling that like, you know, you can get into it. But in saying that, it can't, I do listen to like a lot of, ambient music and stuff that wouldn't really have any beats you know but that's more sort of I don't know sort of soundtracky but, but even ambient music can have a mood and it has a function I think of course. I like mood and I also appreciate the function of music because music's really important to me and, and mm. so for example like I really like synthwave but I don't necessarily write when I'm listening to synthwave like I need more uh, ambient type stuff in the background I mean I know they say even listening to classical music like helps people study and things like that well that's really, that's really interesting that you should say that because I'd be of the exact same opinion like if I ever had to sort of work on something I mean I did a masters I suppose about a year ago in multimedia even when I was doing any sort of academic writing I'd really need to listen to music I'd have to listen to music anyway because I feel if I don't listen to anything that like it's sort of empty sort of space in my head that needs filling yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so I, I need to listen to some sort of uh, background stuff and generally speaking ambient music like Boards of Canada or Steve Housechild or someone like that that really kind of you know complements your working environment do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It lends itself well to be able to form your ideas clearly and things like that. So yeah, I, I think that's I think that's important. You know, music definitely has a number of strong points or a number of different uses, I suppose. Oh yeah, and, and it's interesting too how some can be like impediments that same way because like for me, like when I say with synthwave, if I'm really doing work where I need to focus and really think, sometimes like yeah. the stuff with more beats and things like that actually sort of get in the way because if I really like the song, my brain focuses more on the the, all the elements going on in the track yeah. and what I like about it and stuff like that yeah. that I can't then turn my brain to do the other thing yeah exactly and I, I find that lyrics as well because if, if people if someone's singing in a song it's a message that's being conveyed or it's basically someone trying to tell you something so you're like I don't need to be told that now I'm trying to work you know what yeah. I mean like, <laughs> so any, anything with lyrics or beats yeah I'd be of the same opinion they, they don't really go well with certain things like that but you know in a club atmosphere you know you can't beat it <laughs> yeah exactly i've always liked more melodic electronic music anyways so there's still some electronic music where i appreciate its function of course yeah as far as getting people moving and dancing but it's still like you know when i think of like dubs i always use dubstep as an example mm. like that doesn't do much for me yeah i'm not really a guy who goes out and dances anyways but since that music is so much more about just wobbling bass and things and for me I still need a hook I need a hook into a song and that hook is usually the melody that's funny because I paint you as a guy who went out and like just totally got went hell for leather yeah. you know <laughs> in the clubs <laughs> I don't know that expression but I do wear a lot of leather and the sorts of clubs I go to <laughs> yeah. uh, that's usually what everybody else is wearing and we'll cut that there yeah <laughs> just a big gay orgy yeah. but speaking of which we're gonna listen to another track here okay this is one that I uh, I really dig and it's called 10th Impact. Oh, yeah, yeah. By 80 Hawk. 
And that was 10th Impact by A.D. Hawk. I'm here with A.D. Hawk right now. We're talking about construction and leather. And uh, this song, <laughs> 10th Impact, is awesome. It's It's got a very sort of like video game-y vibe to it. I remember someone actually made a comment saying that they thought it was more 70s sounding than 80s. And I suppose I was listening to it going, is it 70s? I don't know. I can't really get that from it, but... Uh, I mean, yeah. there is that, that sort of twinkly sort of like... Blah, 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 like that maybe reminds people of 70... I don't know. Moogish, sort of, yeah. To me, it's more video gamey. It's like the kind of song that like I'd hear... I mean, it doesn't use any samples that... It's more about the mood. Yeah. It reminds me of like Sonic the Hedgehog, but not... It doesn't sound like Sonic the Hedgehog, but it's just the kind of thing that I could picture running really fast with a big grin on my face like while this song was playing. <laughs> if I use this track in a movie... It would be a dude who just who just snapped into the drugs, you know, like someone gave him like some drugs and then his pupils go really big. And the second his pupils go big and he springs up into action, all of a sudden this song starts playing and he's just like running down the street like a video perfect. game character. Absolutely perfect. My work here is done. Yeah. <laughs> You've completely summed up all my musical uh, conquests in, yeah. in one line. <laughs> I can die happy now. That's exactly what I wanted. Uh, Tenth Impact, the bass line, I suppose, is the main sort of hook in the song. It's sort of like uplifting or colourful, you know. It's got that, there's lots of arpeggiated sort of high and low lines, I suppose. And um, I, I had the bass line lying around on my laptop for ages, and I was like, you know, this is really good. I have to do something with this, you know. But I kind of kept it to the side because I had, I didn't find it. I, I had an arrangement that would really suit the song fully. So I kind of went back to it after a couple of years, and I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot again and then put it together. And um, that was it. Actually, the title is actually a reference to a Susie and the Banshees song. I don't know if you know Susie and the Banshees, but they're like a '80s sort of punk band. Yeah, 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 yeah. David David Chewing called Kiss Kiss Them for Me, and it's about um, Jane Mansfield. So Jane Mansfield is actually in the cover art as well. So it's sort of re- a reference to that, you know, more or less. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Trivia. Trivia. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of background information there that is completely useless. <laughs> so what does Kieran do for fun over there in uh, Ireland? Oh, listen, I mean, we're talking about partying. I mean, I work hard and I play hard. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. <laughs> listen, man, this is what the Irish do. They fucking, they have a good time. You know, it, it, I suppose, like, if I'm not making tunes, I like to play the guitar, but I like to go running and stuff like that as well. But at the weekend, there's a, a number of clubs and pubs and stuff that we re- frequent over here that are usually, that usually play pr- pretty good music, you know. That's usually what I'm doing at the weekend, <laughs> generally speaking. So, Do you go, like, uh, clubbing with some, like, tight pants and, like, a chain mail shirt? Oh, that's for me to know and you to find out. Yeah. Let people, like, <laughs> come over sometime, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do it in person. That's about that. What do you do, man? I, I literally know like nothing really about you, but I mean, I, I get the impression that graphic design, there's something to do with graphic design in, in your life. I do graphic design. I'm a graphic design manager for a print company that are based in Dublin. So it's really just preparing sort of artwork for print, but also graphic design of logos and uh, sort of point of sale stuff. It wouldn't be super cool or anything like that, but hey, it pays the bills, you know. It's expensive to live over in Dublin now, so I have to do something really, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the cover art that you'll see, I suppose, on my SoundCloud page, and um, I suppose there's bits on Behance as well. I've got got a website up now as well, actually, 14point.com, it's called, if anyone listening wants to check that out. Like, if I'm commissioned to do cover art, like, I really relish that, you know. I've done some work for Eric Sparrow, which you've probably seen. I did a cover art for him and Tommy called Matters of the Heart, which is, like, a cityscape scene. And then there's, like, a really good-looking girl with the full makeup. And it's 
got a real 80s sort of feel off it so that was enjoyable to do and so was that um what you went to school for was like graphic design well i did a three-year diploma in dublin in graphic design uh in dublin and then i also uh, did my degree year over in birmingham in england and uh, recently i just like i was saying i did my multimedia masters about two years ago but my previous schooling was like it went back a good while, you know, it was like about eight years ago. Right, right, right. So um, graphic design is like my bread and butter. That's just what I do for work, you know? So how does that work, though, when you're like the manager of I don't understand. Like, is there people who like work underneath you? Yeah, yeah I'm the manager, bitch. So what is- <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's like um, I've got two designers that work under me. There's one other guy and then there's another guy that comes in who's, a, I suppose, what would be termed as a junior designer. Mm. And basically he comes in part time. He's a, a South American guy, uh, Pablo his name is and then also another guy Dara they're really good like I mean it's just mad busy all the time we're ma- we're mainly doing sort of food packaging design and also point of sale design for like beauty products and things like that so not incredibly cool but uh, you know so what does that mean if you are the uh, the manager do you just like uh, walk over people like holding coffee and just telling them what to do or are you also oh yeah like it's it's completely my way of the highway like I'm so draconian it's like yeah. people call me Hitler I've heard them <laughs> saying it and then I just you know I banish them to like a little room in the corner where they have to like just shred things all day yeah. no 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 no, <laughs> no I'm, I'm pretty laissez-faire as a manager it, it's re- it's a relatively new position for me as well like I mean I used to be just a graphic designer plain speaking but it, it's only in the last year that I've been bumped up to manager so it's a relatively new position for me but it's good like it's good experience to have it kind of it creates more opportunity insofar as uh, getting more work offers on a similar sort of employment tier if you understand what I mean it's great yeah I, I, I can't deny it like it's really good well, that's cool man it's mad busy though I mean like it's full on fucking slog half eight until half six most days you know so they're long days but uh <laughs> yeah I mean, I'm trying to put aside time to get this new EP done because uh, I've been in talks with a guy on the label about doing a new EP and I've got one track done, a track called Arizona Dog, which I'm pretty pumped about. Like, it sounds good, you know, but I just haven't had time to get more tracks done yet. And we're looking at maybe a seven track mini album. Sure. That's going to be coming out in cassette as well, hopefully. So I'm just trying to put aside time to get more more tracks done, really, for that. That's my main focus. So uh, fingers crossed, over time, I'll be able to get those done. I'm looking forward to getting new tracks done, and uh, hopefully I can outdo some of the, the recent ones, that I've, or some of the older ones that I've done as well. Fingers crossed, kids. So you're going to have to watch this space. I'm going to blow it out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> is, there any, uh, is there any track of yours that I haven't played that you're uh, fond of, that you want me to play right now? Well, I suppose I always have a, a soft spot for the first track I ever did, 80 Hawk Team, because it's probably my favorite bass line, certainly, out of any of the tracks I've done. It's probably the simplest track I've ever done as far as detail. It's only really got a bass line and two other synths and like a kick drum and a snare, mm. and that's really it, you know. But it, it definitely sets a mood. It, it's reflective of certain films in the 80s and certain soundtrack people I would have been into, like, you know, Barry DeVore's on or, you know, the soundtrack to Mystic Pizza, that sort of like really shimmery sort of road sound, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe films like Body Double and stuff like that, you know. So, yeah, if you want to stick that one on, that would make me very happy. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's uh, let's check that one out. It's a cool song. This is 80 Hawk Theme by 80 Hawk.
And that was 80 Hawk theme by 80 Hawk. And I'm here with Kieran right now. We can probably wind this down. Sure. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, I think that's okay. I think pretty much uh, everything has been summed up. <laughs> Life. You, you probably got a more Irish in the media over in Canada now than probably previous times with Conor McGregor and the whole thing, the fights, you know, all this UFC stuff. I don't know if you're if you follow any of that. But. I don't follow UFC, but I'm aware of who that is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be a big fan either, but it's complete Conor McGregor mania all over the world, seemingly. It's kind of, <laughs> it's a weird thing, you know. But he's huge over here. He's, he's massive, you know. Everybody loves him. Well, that's cool. He can have his, like, pick of the women when he comes back to Ireland. I think he's married. I think he's got a kid. He's pretty um, monogamous. Boo! So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's as far as I know. I don't know the guy personally. Maybe he beds like twenty hookers every night. Who knows? Wait, wait, hold on here. Like, so not all the Irish people know each other? No, you see, there's actually more than a hundred people on the island. Funny Fuck. enough, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell, man, Jesus. Well, before we before we end, then is there any like unique swear words or anything I should know about uh, in Ireland? What, what what do you say when you get mad? What do we say when we get mad? Probably just fuck. <laughs> <laughs> It is a classic. Well, listen, man, uh, it was good uh, chatting with you. You too. You too. And uh, I look forward to more uh, 80 Hawk. I think you got the cool sound and it's, uh, I I dig the vibe of it. Cheers, man. Thanks very much for having me on. It was great to have a chat. Like, I'm hoping that the EP is going to come out like pretty soon. Fingers crossed. And like I say, I'm going to be uploading some previews and stuff like that. So if people want to check out my SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash 80 then uh, I'll, I'll be uploading new music very soon. So there you go. All right, dude. Uh, nice talking to you. Cheers, bro. And that was 80 Hawk. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, tune in next time where I will have another guest on this fantastic summer series. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter. I am at Andy Last on Twitter. You can check out Beyond Synth on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash beyond.synth.podcast. You can also check out Beyond Synth on SoundCloud and on YouTube. And once again, do not forget to check out Retro Revolution on YouTube or Retro Faith Games on Twitter. All right, that's uh, he's sponsoring the whole summer series of Beyond Synth, and I would really like to see him get some more subscribers on his YouTube channel. I think we did... We did get him to 100, and I think what he's doing is really cool, and you're going to be on the ground floor of, I think, uh, a YouTube page that's going to be pretty popular because what he does is really neat. So go check it out. And that is all for me from this week. So tune in next time, and, and then I'll talk to you then. On Beyond Synth, the best synth wave. Oh, yeah, and if you have music you want to send me, (laughs) sorry, send it to beyondsynth at gmail.com. If you have music that you want me to play on the show or to consider please send me links to beyondsynth at gmail.com okay that is everything and I will talk to you next time on Beyond Synth the best synthwave chat show there is